It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. Welcome to episode 130 of BGN Radio. Joining me today on an Eagles Suck edition of BGN Radio is the great host of the Philly Influencer Podcast, the main man from the hottest website in the land, phillyinfluencer.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Sean underscore Brace. Mr. Sean Brace, what's up, buddy? James, always good, man. Always good to get on here with you guys at BGN Radio. I'm excited, and uh, it's always good. You know, look, me and you, we have some history, so I'm really looking forward to this show of working together with you, my friend. It's always good to hear you, and, uh, you know, you're doing great work right now in Philadelphia, so I'm looking forward to this show right here, brother. Dude, same way. It's a treat for me. I have uh, produced for you but never actually hopped on the mic on air with you, so... Uh, I'm definitely pumped as well. So minus the the inherent sadness of being an Eagles mm. fan right now, Philadelphia uh, sports fan in general. Yeah. Oh my good. What are we? O for November still? Yeah. O for November. O for six Sixers. O for four Flyers. O for two Eagles at home in the month of November. No other team has a home game, so it's the big old O for in November. Something that will always stick in my mind. Uh, it's it's just it's never been worse than it is right now as far as I'm concerned, and I mean that sincerely. That's not just an overblown statement. That's where we are as a Philadelphia sports fan. <laughs> Dude, it's brutal, man. I actually genuinely had the thought, is it possible that the Phillies win the next championship in this city? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's wow. that bad that we're at the point where, like, they're they're at least, I feel, decent about their management, and, and baseball is a sport where you can turn it around relatively quickly. So it's yeah. uh it's real bad. So spe- speaking of bad, let's let's jump into uh you know what has to be the worst showing of the Chip Kelly era, I would say, from an Eagles team. Uh, I don't. I mean, that Dallas game, the second game of the season, was just an ugly, disgusting game on both sides of the field. But I don't remember as gutless 
effortless uh, a showing from an Eagles team under Chip Kelly. So we're not going to get too much in the X's and O's of it because I feel like we'd be doing that for hours and hours and hours because there were so many flaws that we saw. And, and it's really just too depressing to really get into that. But Sean, you know, looking at it kind of from a big picture sense, what, what really stood out to you the most from the loss? What stood out to me the most was the fact that this was a rookie quarterback, Jameis Winston, who is a really good talent and a, a guy that I thought uh, probably should have been the number one overall pick, as he was. I know that there were some people out there, especially when Mariota shined a couple times this year, that were second-guessing that, but uh, no bones about it. Jameis Winston is a very skilled pocket passer, a guy that can make you pay if you allow him to sit back there and be comfortable. And, James, that's exactly what happened yesterday, and it's inexcusable. This defense... Defense did not get after Jamison Winston, James Winston and put him on his ass. Five touchdown passes. It was a rookie away game. It's unacceptable. Five touchdown passes. Did the Eagles lay a finger on him? Did they make it difficult at all? No. And I'm not even talking about Doug Martin and the 235 yards that they had on the ground. And I mean, I think he tallied up 179 and it was like, you know, still in the or five minutes to go, five minutes into the second quarter. It was just an amazing game for the Tampa Bay run game and the offensive line. But that's inexcusable. They didn't, the, the Eagles defense just allowed Jameis Winston to drop back, pick them apart, and not have a carry or a, wor- a worry in the world about taking a shot from his backside, possibly fumble, anything. It was just he was so comfortable back there, and he made them pay. Yeah, sure. I mean that that you mentioned it. The thing that stood out to me the most was really the the run defense, the the disappearing act that this run defense has made. Really, over the last two weeks, they didn't play great against Aaron McFadden against Dallas. But I mean, for Doug Martin to be where he was in that game, to like you said, at 170 yards in the second quarter, it's. I mean, that's an outrage. I, I mean, that's that's embarrassing there's really no other word for it there was no effort and then in the passing game like you said I mean it felt like not not Winston was great don't get me wrong he was awesome and, and like you said I think that yes I agreed uh he should have been the number one pick but I think both him and Mariota are the kind of guys where you know nine years out of ten they're probably the best player in that draft sure I think sure. both ha- have shown already this year that that they have barring injuries and whatnot potentially amazing careers out of them. Mm-hmm. But I think even more so is just that everyone was so open. Winston made some great throws, but it was like every third down, it was like there was just a wide open receiver to throw to. It was like schematically, effort-wise, just across the board, just a I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a better word, but just a shitty performance across no. the board. And, you know, I think that we didn't realize how much we were going to miss Jordan Hicks. Uh, that was evident. On the field, I'm not saying that that whole performance was missing Hicks, but he clearly was missed yesterday. And then, and then, Sean, let's flip it around to the other side of the ball because you know, while you probably put the the majority of the blame for the loss on the defense, Mark Sanchez was atrocious, as was the really the entire offense across the board. What, what did you see, and, and what was your general overall impression, especially after that first drive where we saw that flash of how good the offense can look when Sanchez is moving it well? Yeah, they struggled, I mean, every single game this year, this offense. So it, they're really, you know, when we talk about Jekyll and Hyde teams, I don't think you could throw the Philadelphia offense in there because it's been more Hyde than anything this year. They've never been able to put it together. One thing that really stood out to me, James, was, hey, 
How about all the people that want to dog Sam Bradford? And I yep. am no way a Sam Bradford backer, and I don't want to, you know, fight the good fight for Sammy B because I don't think he's played all that great this year. But at the end of the day, after watching what Sanchez looked like yesterday, you got to give it up to Bradford a little bit more, saying, okay, maybe we've been a little bit too hard on Sam Bradford. This team stinks right now. Uh, so that's the first thing that comes to my mind. is, And this was going back to the game that he got hurt last week where he missed five total passes. And everybody was still trying to point the fingers at Sam Bradford. I'm like, guys, there's not a perfect quarterback out there. But Mark Sanchez, what he is known for is the interception. And he threw three of them yesterday, including or in the previous week, the, the driving on the field against the Dolphins. He threw that, that interception with four minutes to go to lose the game. I mean, that's what Mark Sanchez is. I've always said that I thought the guy could move the football up and down the field. It's just that when you need him to come together and, and put it together for crunch time, you know what's coming. But we didn't even get to that ball game because this game was over. As soon as the third quarter you know, uh, kicked off, and Tampa Bay took that ball, 15 plays, 10 minutes, down the field, touchdown. You know, when the season's on the line, and again, I can't hammer this home enough, at home, second straight game, at the link. It's just unacceptable across the board. And just to finish it up, just with your point about Jordan Hicks, yeah, there is something to be said about that rookie right because i'll tell you what one thing that i did see a lot of yesterday was kiko alonzo D'Amico ryan's maybe not michael kendricks because he was all over the place i got to give it up to michael kendricks but those two kiko and D'Amico, were getting blown off 15 i'm talking 10 to 15 yards downfield and that is not an exaggeration go look at those big plays from doug martin and you'll see kiko getting blown down 20 yards down the field D'Amico ryan getting knocked down picked back up another 10 more yards down the field they got dominated at the linebacker position yesterday yeah great points across the board all things i wanted to hit on just an atrocious showing from the linebackers, atrocious showing from the run defense in general. And and you mentioned before, this Tampa Bay O-line, they've they've been getting better, but this is not an outstanding O-line or anything. But, uh, I mean, that drive, that drive at the beginning of the third quarter, I mean, it, it doesn't get much worse. Like you said, about a 10-minute drive, like nine, whatever it was, uh, 15 plays, and it, they had four penalties against them, and it didn't yeah. slow them down. They just kept coming back in the most important drive of the season. When you're rested, there's no excuse. There's no, we've been on the field too much. There's none of that crap. It's you guys didn't have the the heart, the effort to, to play hard enough to make enough plays to stop them when you had four friggin' penalties to help you. It was a it was an embarrassing performance. But but flipping it back to what we were talking about with Sanchez and Bradford, look, Sam Bradford, I really don't think he's the answer. I, I preached prior to him getting hurt that at least potentially, maybe he could be a, a good quarterback in this league. The talent is there. And the the Carolina game and Dallas game were easily the best two games he had played. He showed pocket awareness. He wasn't, it didn't seem as flustered back there. Look, he, he's never going to break out of a ton of tackles or, or make a lot of plays that way, like a Big Ben or a Romo or someone. But we started to see some presence there, at least some awareness and and I, this injury has derailed it completely, obviously, but more so it, it's it's the fact that Sanchez just isn't good enough. It, every time, time and time and time again, when Sanchez comes into play, everyone gets excited, and we forget that the moment this guy makes one mistake, 
he completely implodes. He just recedes into himself. And, and when things are rolling good, he's in great shape and, and everybody's riding high and he's a happy, positive guy. And then he makes a mistake and it, and it just all rolls downhill. And, and that's what we're going to continue to see with Sanchez. So, uh, you know, let's take this specifics of this game and put them on the back burner and, and look at the bigger picture here. And I think obviously right now, whether it's on your website, phillyinfluencer.com, whether it's on the radio stations here, wherever you look, it's all about Chip Kelly right now in this town. That's really what it is. I mean, the mm-hmm. the levels of vitriol and hate, I, 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 I'm blown away. I, I spent Sunday morning on BGN Radio on The Fanatic with Brandon Lee Gowton talking about how you got to give this more time. You know, obviously not the best effort after that. I still believe that. We're going to get into that in a second. But right now, Sean, with with all that's happened, with the way this team's look, with the effort, where do you stand on Chip? Well, I am I believe in Chip. I do. So let's get that out of the way. Um, I, I don't look at his first two seasons as, as, as flukes. Uh, 10 women, obviously we know the history, so I don't even want to go down that road. It's getting around that ballpark of where we used to say, Nick Foles, 27 touchdowns, two <laughs> interceptions. Like, that's where we're at right now. We all know the history with Chip Kelly. We know the success that he had in Oregon, uh, seven losses in his combined, you know, how many years he was at Oregon as a head coach. I mean, this guy knows how to win football games. Uh, did he get a little, you know, uh, uh, did he get a little ahead of himself as far as the GM stuff? Yeah. I think he did. I think I he did, and that's pretty much that's pretty evident right now with the record and how this is just unraveling really fast right before our eyes. Um, you know, I, I wish that he could turn back the hands of time a little bit and go after Jeremy Macklin just a little bit more because if you remember, Jeremy Macklin said, hey, Kansas City, they were relentless. You know, I spoke to anybody and everybody in that organization. It was true that they wanted me back. Chip, I couldn't even get in touch with anybody. So, uh, you know, I wish Chip could go back and turn back the hands of time on that. Maybe – Maybe you look at a guy like Shady McCoy and say, all right, you know, uh, yeah, I'd like to have some depth at that linebacker position, but Shady's a pretty damn good talent. He's a pretty damn good talent. And we could sit here and say we want that north-south runner, but all in all, it's about playmakers at the NFL level. That's what it is. I'm watching the games yesterday, right? I really wasn't too dialed in because that's how upset I was about the Eagles. Me too. Who who scored for the Redskins on the uh, pretty good Carolina Panther team? Pretty good Carolina Panther defense. I think his name was Deshaun Jackson. He did. Pretty good talent, Deshaun Jackson. We've seen him rip it up against the Seattle Seahawks uh, secondary two years ago on Monday Night Football. So, again, if we could all go back and turn back the hands of time, we would look at some of these superstars that were already on the team. So I would think that Chip Kelly could learn from those mistakes. I really do. With that being said, that's the important thing that we got to wrap our heads around. This is year one of him being a general manager. Is it unacceptable? Is it frustrating? Is it, does it piss you off that this season is over and we're not even out in November? Hell, I mean, basically the season was over for a lot of us in October. We were pretty much, you know, on the same path, even though they are only a game out of first place, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. I got to throw it in there. But we're going to get again, into that. Just to wrap it up, James, it's his first year as a general manager. You know, I think this guy's a good head coach. He knows offense. He's got to tweak a few things, get his game right, get his mind right as far as the general manager stuff considered, you know, when when you get into the offseason, what players to go after and so so on and so forth. But I don't want to see Chip Kelly leave town. Uh, I don't know how it's going to play out because it's ugly right now. It is ugly, and it's only going to get worse if they continue to lose football games. But for me, Chip Kelly, I still want to see him one more year with the Eagles. 
Sean, I, I literally could just say what Sean said and, and stop, but I'm going to I'm gonna repeat some stuff and hammer some stuff home here because, like I said, I spent the morning on Sunday talking about the Fanatic, and, and I just think that it's so reactive to want to get rid of this guy right now. I mean, uh, uh, granted, not us, not at PGN Radio, and, and not you. We didn't say this team was winning the Super Bowl this year, but there were a lot of Notable people who did, whether it's Adam Schefter or Brian Dawkins or Joe Banner, people predicted this team to win the Super Bowl, and and obviously that they were wrong. But can we just take away that that excitement about this team and that belief that this guy could do that? And like you said, the biggest thing this is his first year at GM. Isn't he a better coach now than he was his first year? I mean, I think he was. I know a lot of people wouldn't agree, but I think the way we've seen him make in-game adjustments this past shit show notwithstanding the way he's made in-game adjustments we've seen him that he can coach on this level you can't discount 10 wins in his first two years no no matter who the players were the league is too hard and this guy eats breathes sleeps football but as a gm we're not willing him to give uh more than nine games of of production from from what he's built we're not willing to give him the chance to learn ah shit i was wrong we do need better wide receivers we do need more depth on the O-line. You know, my bad. I, I figured it out. Like, yeah. I think that he at least deserves that chance, no? And I-, I think we're on the same page there. And I agree, I think, and I, at the time, and I still don't believe that Jeremy Macklin is worth $11 million a year. I said it at the time, I still believe it. But at the same time, I would definitely rather have him than whatever we're spending on Murray. I think that he's more valuable. I think that what you pointed out, and, and I was okay with the Shady and Deshaun move based on money. And, and Deshaun, I, I do feel, I'm not, a, I'm not as into culture as Chip is, but I do think that there's a line when it comes to culture. And I do think that Deshaun was past that line. I think that we're going to see him get cut this offseason in Washington. I think that he's a hard guy to have in a locker room. But... I do think that in Macklin especially, they miss someone that they can count on. On a big third and eight or a third and five or a, or even where you just need a, a play to get the offense going, Macklin was that guy. And there's no one on this offense right now who you can count on to do that. Zero. Zero. And if you do get a guy that could get open and score a touchdown, you don't go back to him for the rest of the game. And yeah, how about up, that? Which was just incredible. But just to, just to go back to, to one more thing about Chip the GM, because that's where we're at, obviously. Uh, you know, he, he made mistakes. He made mistakes. And I think that if you were to get him alone in the room, this is a sobering, sobering reality for Chip Kelly. He has never failed like this before. He Great has point. failed. All right, this is a bad, bad team right now. A terrible football team. I mean, Eagles fans are embarrassed. That stadium was empty at the beginning. As of- we should be. Oh, yeah. And, and it's embarrassing. The final score, 45-17 at home. W- with the season on the line, that's the type of effort you put up. Against a mediocre team. Yeah, against the mediocre team. Who's playing a little bit better with sure. the rookie quarterback. All right, so... Chip Kelly is going to take this season home and this one's going to hit hard for him. And he's going to realize that he made a couple mistakes. And for the first time, he's not the smartest man in the room. Okay. Uh, so I, I think that that's where we need to focus. And, and here's the most important thing, uh, James, Jeffrey Lurie. 
he, he's not getting rid of Chip. No. Chip is not going anywhere. Again, I'm going to repeat this for the people that don't want to believe it. That's fine. But for the people that are in the organization that eat, sleep, and drink this team and, and work for a living for this squad, there's still a game out of first place. He's not going to fire Chip Kelly, okay? Uh, look at the history with Andy Reid. You know, how many chances did Andy Reid get down the stretch for crying out loud? That team stunk. That team quit on Andy, and he's still got two more seasons after that. So I think that you're going to to see chip kelly return for one more year and i want that unless unless chip says you know what i don't want to deal with this media i don't want to deal with this bs i don't want to deal with this and i can go down the lsu or i can go to usc or whatever it is and i can't i can't predict that i'm not in chip kelly's head but jeffrey Lurie's is not going to fire chip kelly agree i would literally say there's a zero percent chance that jeffrey Lurie is firing chip kelly he may leave, and I would put the percentage chance of him leaving very low as well, because I don't think that's his personality. I truly believe if you, if you, you know, call together really all that you've heard from people who really know him and people who really can talk about him, he wants to win at the NFL level. Like this guy wants to win at the highest level. That's how much he cares about football. And I and I think that when you know the moves that we criticize and stuff, and and I don't like that we gave up a Sam a second rounder for Sam Bradford either. But clearly Nick Foles is isn't very good. But at the same time, at least he, he swung. At least he's taking a shot to try and win something. And I think that what we saw and really saw yesterday against Tampa Bay is you can't win in this league without a fucking quarterback. You can't. No. You know, no, James Winston, they have a chance to win down the road because they've got that guy. When yeah. you got a guy like Mark Sanchez, who's probably one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, I mean, he's, he's one of the best backups and, and maybe better than some other starters out there. He's just not good enough to win it, and that's what it comes down to. And and at least from a coaching perspective, you mentioned it before, the, the, and I've heard it a million times. You hear it all the time. It always gets brought up. The twenty-seven and two. You're gonna tell me that Chip Kelly didn't have anything to do with twenty-seven and two? We we've seen what Nick Foles is. This guy just got benched in St. Louis for Case Keenum. Yeah. Uh, it's insane. And and twenty-seven and two. There was a ton of luck in that too. But Chip Kelly played a role in that as well. You can't you can't deny that. No, he, he knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. He knows what he's doing with office. Now, I think year three, I think the league's definitely figuring it out a little bit more. Uh, I definitely think there's something to that. And then that's where I, I kind of lose my my mind when I'm talking about Chip Kelly with, with small things. Is I don't want to beat him up too much because there are there's been a few times. I'll give you a, a perfect example. I screamed from the mountaintops, like, give me a design play for Sproles. Get the ball to Sproles. Just, you, you have, I don't want you to, to, to increase his workload, but I want you to just draw plays on third and five or second and three. Just get the ball to Sproles. You saw that yesterday. He dialed up that screen pass to him which went for a touchdown. You know, there have been some scenarios. We want them to line up under center, uh, you know, with, with a big back in the backfield. They did that a few times, you know, so there's been certain things that we've been calling on. Chip does that. But one of the examples that I'm going to show you is yesterday. It's like I already brought it up. Josh Huff, you know, you've been trying to get your boy going since he showed up in an Eagles uniform when you drafted him, okay? Here it is. He comes across the field and makes a beautiful touchdown play in yesterday's game, and then you don't go back to him. And on top of that, he only played 17 total snaps. I don't understand that. So these are the things that, like, you, you, you want to give Chip credit, but then you're like, well, what the hell's going on? And then if he's going to throw that BS at us, that it's Deuce's, you know, role to, to switch right. these guys up or – you know, I don't know who's in charge of the wide receivers or whatnot, but you, you, you got to be a little bit smarter when it comes down to it. And I think Chip is that, but 
damn, man, sometimes you just scratch your head and you're just like, what the hell is going on, Chip? Get the ball off. He had a nice play. Go back to him. Feed the man. Not only that, which is insane after that play, but just regardless, you don't have any playmakers on this yeah. team. Yeah, I mean, you need Huff, even if he had not just made a great play, you need, to, you need to target the guy. You need to target one of the few players on your team who has any sort of real explosive ability to get the ball in his hands and make something special happen. And that's, and that's where we come back to Chip the GM and we talk about the flaws and the fact that he clearly undervalued the wide receiver position. You, you can't say he didn't. And the Aguilar thing, I, I don't think anyone, I think people were, were, you know, I said this on the radio the other day that I think people were, were uh, tricked essentially by OBJ and Mike Evans and Sammy Watkins and Jordan Matthews and Mark yeah. Davis Bryant and this class of rookie receivers last year where that doesn't normally happen in the history of the NFL. And, nope. and yes, they're throwing more in college, which means receivers will be a little bit more NFL ready, but it usually takes a year or two for receivers to adjust to the game. So to really expect Aguilar to step in and, and, and be a major factor was, was a bit of a, a, you know, a mistake, a reach on Chip's part. And, and I think we, we're seeing that. And I think that the inability to you know, admit when he's wrong is, has led to a lot of the animosity here. Mm-hmm. But we, we did see that change a little today. You know, and, and Chip's presser actually came out and said, quote, unquote, we got outplayed, outcoached, didn't do a good job coaching in the football game. And, and that's what it is. You know, he says, I, I really like the team moving forward. You know, we just played a bad football game. How do you yeah. interpret those comments, Sean? Like, are you... <laughs> How do I interpret it? It's pretty easy, James, because, uh, you know, like this wasn't a one-time deal. You know, they they stunk it up against the Dolphins. Uh, they played okay against the Panthers at time, but they got smoked. Uh, you know, the, the, early in the season, the Falcons and the Cowboys and the Skins, like, you know, it just hasn't been pretty all season long. So Chip could sit here and say what he wants, but bottom line is it continues to happen. This is a bad football team. Can he come up there and grab the microphone and say, all right, we're going to struggle to win another game from here on out. Um, it was clear that uh, I overvalued some of these players, but we're a bad football team. No, he can't say that. So I don't put anything into what he finished up the press conference today by saying we're a good football team. We're moving in the right direction. No. Again, there's still a game out of first place. Whether you buy it or I buy it, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that the people in that organization buy it, okay? And crazier shit has happened where teams have just struggled and all of a sudden turn it on and win a couple football games down the stretch. And next thing you know, you win a division, you're in the playoffs. And I'm not even trying to go down that road, but you understand what I'm saying. Oh, so of course. I have no, no problem uh, you know, with what Chip Kelly says about the coach speak, but bottom line is it's every single week the same stuff is happening. And f- as far as I'm concerned, I just look at the last two games, both winnable football games. But, uh, both teams are three and five coming in, right? I, no, no, they were four and five. Tampa was coming in. But two weeks ago, both teams were three and five. Talk about Miami and Tampa. You're talking about home football games, season on the line, and you didn't show up. That's how bad this team is. And what's scary and what's scary, James, is this. People want to fault DeMarco Murray, and I know that there was somebody out there in, in the Eagles organization, an anonymous source, that said, well, you know, DeMarco went down against the Dolphins and didn't take that hit, which, you know, I kind of looked at that play a little bit differently as he did. Uh, and I was, you know, questioning DeMarco's toughness just a little bit on that. I didn't like to see that, but that's how it plays out. Could you imagine, could you imagine, if Frank Gore was still a Philadelphia, if it was an Eagle and the Eagles did not get to Marco Murray, and here the running backs were Frank Gore 
and, and Ryan Matthews. How bad this run game team, how bad this offense would be. So before we want to bitch and complain about, the, uh, you know, DeMarco Murray, let's just put things into perspective. Could you imagine if Frank Gore and Ryan Matthews was your tandem right now? Scary. Having said that, Gore has been decent in India. He doesn't look like he's lost as much burst as you would expect, but agreed. Murray, obviously a better running back. But uh, either way, you, you nailed it. I, I mean, it's. I think we're at the point where, uh, you know, there's really nothing else we can expect Chip to say, but, you know, I, no one's believing anything anymore. And, and I, I think that in a way, Chip, the coach, is, is trying to stick up for Chip, the GM, and, and defend the players on the roster and defend the roster construction and say this team is still built correctly when he knows it isn't. I mean, he has to. Like we talked about, he's a he's a football guy, as Chip would say, and yep. and he knows what's working and what's not. And I think it's very clear, uh, you know, that there are certain deficiencies on this team that he's going to have to fix moving forward. Now, having said that, how much of the mistakes and and kind of alluded to it here with with Chris Conti coming out and saying, oh, you know, we we knew it that was coming because they were just running the same play over and over and over again, and and this has been somewhat of a a narrative that is has cropped up here and there over over Chip's tenure here with Seattle, of course, and 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 we've seen this thing before, Sean. How much of that do you you know? How much weight do you put into that? A and B. How much of that do you kind of blame on the talent not being able to to maybe execute anything more than that? Well, it's definitely twofold. I mean, I, I definitely put the onus first on, on the uh, on the talent, uh, but that that just completely takes it off of Chip Kelly's shoulders, the play callers, and and you know he's he's got to get a little bit more creative, and, and you know you have to make it happen. Like, there's no excuses. You know, this season's over like that. We're already in. You know, there's what six games left. I mean, it's just amazing how fast the season's gone. So I don't want to just take Chip Kelly completely off the hook. But it comes down to talent, and we've known all along in the last three years. Like that's the first thing that came to my mind in year one was just how simple Chip's offense was. I mean, how many run plays do they have? How many passing plays do they have? Not many. You know, they just rotate it and flip it because of the hash. Quarterback steps up to the up to the uh, the, the line of scrimmage, looks over. Okay, a little bit more different because the read option is not there, but. Back in two years ago, it was let's count the numbers on this side of the line. And if they're okay, they got five guys over here. Let's run to the left. I mean, that's how it was. It was really simple how amazing or it was amazing how simple Chip Kelly's offense was to me two years ago. And it still is to this day. So when you hear things like these players coming out, and this isn't the first time we've heard it this year. It's I think the third time. Oh, we knew where the play where the where the play was going and the pass was being tossed and who was getting the football, so on and so forth. So I mean that's what these guys do, man. These defensive coordinators eat, sleep, and drink video. You know, so if if you don't have the talent that can open up the holes or make plays down the field and get a little lucky from time to time guess what you're in trouble okay and that's where we're at right now the eagles are lacking talent on the offensive line to open up holes and when it's there it seems like that there's some problems with the handoff you know bad snap penalties costly penalties on third and long to bring it back when you pick up the first down so i mean they've just been shooting themselves in the foot all season long they're not a good football team and and uh, you know like i said i don't want to take chip kelly completely off the hook here because there's just trouble across the board as far as i'm concerned yeah, I agree. I blame Chip uh, as well. I think you, you, you know, I'm a believer in in coaching yourself out of these situations. But I, I think a lot of it does come down to the talent, really, and and the lack of execution. I mean, that's really been what the battling cry of this season, right, Sean? Is is execution, not executing, lack of execution, and and as much as I think that we as a fan base hate that, 
hate that phrase right now. Uh, it there's truth there, you know, yeah. and a lot of football comes down to execution. Ultimately, in a, on a basic level, that the team that executes the best is going to win. I know that sounds like something very simplifying, that something more complex, but it really does boil down to that in most cases. That the team that executes together and is most cohesive and executes the game plan best usually wins the game. And we've just seen zero execution. We've seen so much confusion more so both especially on offense and you know throwing to guys who aren't looking and and people running the wrong routes and and that's the stuff where I I blame both coaching and talent where yes those guys have to be better and they have to be able to execute better but at the same time you're seeing that it's not working so figure something else out and I'm thinking maybe that's why the offense might appear slightly more simple Sanchez in there maybe it's a, a less complex playbook but even still, that that's not a uh, very satisfying answer, really, to the question. But ultimately, let's not forget that the offense has worked in the NFL. We've seen it worked. We just talked yeah. about twenty-seven and two. We've mm-hmm. seen the thing work in the NFL, and it wasn't just it's new and and bright and shiny because it's not. It's it's a very simple offense. It's just about executing it correctly and blocking the guy you're supposed to block and and using the field you know the wide the width of the field and the length of the field and and trying to create mismatches so you know it's not complicated it just has to be run correctly and it hasn't been run correctly so again though i i do agree don't take chip off the hook uh sean let's let's try and turn the page here uh, in the last few minutes just uh, uh two quick things here one uh bradford practice today uh i don't I think he will play in Detroit. We'll see. There, it, the reports we've heard said that he wouldn't, but he's back on the field today. Who knows? But either way, it looks like there's a good potential he could be back by the following Sunday. How do you feel about that? Is it is there? And and let's lump it in with the Lions game. Do you have any reason for positivity or hope here or, or anything? Or are you just kind of you know? Di- playing out the string as it were yeah i mean it's just you know let's just keep on keeping on here uh detroit thanksgiving um you know there was a detroit team right yeah there was a point a couple weeks ago where i was like all right we got to get to your to telling my girl we got to get to your family's house early and you know what what are we doing for the game and it's like now all right let's just show up we'll get there for kick and whatever i mean that's just how it's going to be the close out the season i don't expect anything to tell you the truth uh this is a bad football team and when you lose to the dolphins 20 to 19 at home and in the buccaneers 45 17 that tells you where you are as far as the pantheon of of talent uh, you know good football teams in the league right now and the eagles are at the bottom of that list they really are we have to accept it they're a bad football team i mean james there's six games left right six how many wins do you see i i i struggle to put two on the board you know i'm willing to give you one but i'm struggling to put two they're not beating the patriots i think they're going to struggle with the bills they're not going to beat the cardinals you got the redskins giants and lions I can't give you two out of those three because the Eagles are not a good football team. So at the end of the day, are they going to finish five and eleven? You know, is that what we're looking at right now? Five and eleven ball club? Wow, you know that's just that's just brain numbing. But uh, you know, this game against the Detroit Lions, I want Bradford in there. That's obvious. Sanchez is just not a good quarterback. Get him out of there. Bradford was playing a little bit better than people wanted to give him credit. And uh, I think that, you know, after watching Sanchez take the helm against uh, against the Tampa Bay Bucks, I think a lot more people are going to be saying that. Well, you know what? Maybe Sam Bradford wasn't all that bad. <laughs> so get Sam Bradford back in there. Maybe they can come away with a victory and we can enjoy our Thanksgiving dinner a little bit more. 
Yeah, and that's the thing is is even when they're bad, you always say, you know, last year in that Giants game, you know, you kind of were really rooting for a loss because it was already over and and you wanted that draft pick. And you're always saying, oh, you want the best draft pick, but it's impossible to root against them. I've tried. No matter what, when they score, you're happy. It's it's just part of being a fan of a team. But ultimately, I, I think, you know, it's this whole picture is really confused and muddied by the fact that they're a game out of, of – the division, you know, winning the division, and they, they technically, as as absurd as it sounds, hold their destiny in their hands because they played the Giants one more time and and they beat them the first time. You know, as insane as that sounds, but but I'm with you, Sean. When you really look at it and, and look at who's left on the schedule, they're 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 losing to New England, they're losing to Buffalo, they're losing. Arizona, maybe, maybe they can beat Washington. Maybe they can go into Detroit and beat Detroit, but doubtful in my mind right now. If you have to really look at it, I mean, uh, uh, like I said, uh, resurgent Detroit team just beat Green Bay, just beat Oakland, who everyone's been in love with. Uh, you know, so they're they're playing better football. They're home on Thanksgiving. They do this every year. It's a short week on the road for a team that just looked like mm. a, a friggin' train wreck. Yeah, I, I just. I'm with you. I don't see how they win this game. I don't see how they win many the rest of the way, which is a, a shocking proposition. And yet again, this team is so Jekyll and Hyde that, that it wouldn't completely shock me if they beat Detroit, lost to New England, beat Buffalo, and are still Ooh. kind of hanging around come the end of the season. That wouldn't shock me either. I'm, I'm, I'm really just... I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm on the opposite side. I would be shocked yeah. if they... Buffalo and they, if they win two out of the next three, I don't care how it is. Yeah, I'd be shocked as hell. This is, you know, this it's what I expected yesterday. Honestly, I didn't have the Eagles beating the Tampa Bay Bucks. I didn't. I had them beating the Miami Dolphins in the close game, but then, you know, obviously what how that game shook out. And then going into the Tampa Bay game, I said, you know what? I just don't see it. I think the Eagles are a bad football team. I didn't see 45-17. I just saw something crazy shaking out at the end of the game where the Eagles were going to struggle to to a missed field goal, something stupid like that. But they were kind of like the Miami loss. Yeah, that, that's how I felt about this Tampa Bay Buck game. But losing 45-17, that tells me what I need to know is this season's going to wind down slowly for the Eagles here. And and I think that's the the most likely scenario, but Sure. It's just been such a strange, weird season where, you know, and, and really more than anything, I think what it comes down to is that outside of, of the Patriots and, and the Panthers and a couple teams, like, I think anybody could beat anybody on any Sunday. It is a, it's a crappy league right now. Like, and even the Panthers and the Patriots aren't all-time great. I know they're undefeated, but I, I don't think any of those, either of those teams are, are talent-wise, the way they play, going to be considered as, as an all-time great, no matter what they figure out with their record or, or whatever. But I, I just think it's a league full of mediocre to bad teams. You got your five or six at the top, and you know who they are, the, the usual suspects. And then you got a couple in the middle, and you got a ton of bad teams at the yep. bottom. And that's where the Eagles are. And that's where the Eagles are. That's where we should leave it. That's <laughs> as sad as it is, man. You're right. Yeah. That 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 you have to be considered in that lower tier of teams that is not any sort of contender and has to make some changes moving into next year before they can really, uh, you know, move forward. Uh, I was going to ask this to you at the end, but after doing the pod, I, I think it's kind of a silly question. I think we both agree that ultimately Chip Kelly will be the coach of the Eagles next season. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I stand. I don't think Jeffrey Lurie is ready to get rid of him, and nor should he right now. They're in the they're in the race for the uh, the NFC East, and um, I think Chip Kelly will be back. I mean, it's just year one as a general manager, so we could sit here and try and place blame who drafted Marcus Smith, who gave Riley Cooper the contract, all that. Uh, but at the end of the day, Chip Kelly's first year as general manager, so I expect him to be back as a head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles next year. And look, even if there are fans out there who never believed in him or, or whatever, I, I say the ones who did believe it's too reactive to jump off now. But look, if nothing else, Jeffrey Lurie clearly believed in this guy. He gave him as much power as any coach in the league, not named Bill Belichick. I, if if Lurie is willing to let an ugly, granted ugly, 4-6 and six start or, or however this season plays out, you know, sway him already, then... I think that's just as big an issue as anything because th- then that shows the guy has zero resolve. So I, I don't think that's a, a great answer either. But uh, uh, again, uh, we'll, we'll see. Hope moving forward. There, w- there won't be a preview show this week. We'll definitely do a reaction show to potentially a loss, hopefully a win. Who knows? But uh, And then John Barchard, uh, Brandon Lee Gowton, and I will be back on The Fanatic on Sunday doing a three-man weave. But uh, I want to thank Sean Brace. This was awesome. Definitely a, a really cool experience for me. I've known Sean for a long time. First time I get to get in the air with him. And uh, you can check out Sean on the Philly Influencer Podcast and, of course, at phillyinfluencer.com. Speaking of which, Sean, uh, what can people expect to see uh, when they head over to the site? And uh, what do you got planned for the week? Well, let me just plug one thing, if I could, real quick. Uh, the, the mighty E-Rock. You know E-Rock very well. The best. Fans do know him a lot. But uh, after his fix-it chip video a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was just an incredible – what game was that against? That was uh, – hmm, I forget which game – what home loss that was. Was it the Dallas game? It might I have think been it the was, Dallas yeah. game. I think it was. The Millions of views. Yeah, yeah. And and so I, I, I loved it, and E-Rock is about as passionate as it gets. So uh, what we decided to do, I reached out to him. I have a good relationship with him. I asked him if he would want to do something like that and bring it to philiamster.com. So we did exactly that. It's called Inside the Eagle's Nest, and it is about as raw as it gets. The wound, you could still see see blood just you know i hate to be all graphic about it but eagles fans leaving the link as soon as the clock strikes zero yesterday that's when e-rock has a camera and a microphone in your face and it's a good three minute video of just eagles fans just pouring it out and just getting things off their chest and delivering a message to jeffrey laurie it's called inside the eagles nest it's at phillyemphaser.com i would love if you press play please retweet it please share it because i'll tell you what it, you know it wasn't bad it wasn't cursing it was just, it was real. You know, Eagle fans are hurting right now. And if they lose this game against the Detroit Lions, I'm not sure that they're going to care anymore about the season. And there is nothing, nothing worse than having a fan base not care about the football team in the month of, you know, first week of December. I mean, it's just incredible where we're at. So please check that video out. Tell the people about phillyofficer.com. I greatly appreciate the plug, James. You are the man, my friend. Oh, definitely check it out. And also you can follow Sean on Twitter at Sean underscore Brace. And, and check that out because E-Rock is the man. We've had him on the show with us as well. And oh, yeah. and it really, I think, you know, in times like these, it's, it's cool to tap into that communal fan base and, and really realize there are other people out there feeling the same way as you or down in the dumps and trying to move forward together. So check that out on phillyinfluencer.com. Again, thank you, Sean, for coming on with us. Uh, That's going to do it for episode 130 of the BGN Radio Podcast presented by bleedinggreennation.com. You can subscribe on iTunes. uh, Give us a rating, review. Uh, We love that stuff. Feedback only makes us better, and we really appreciate it. So again, uh, we'll be back. Uh, John, 
BLG and I on Sunday on the Fanatic. And then, of course, more recaps and then hopefully some sort of positivity moving forward. We'll see. But uh, once again, thanks to Sean Braze. Thank you to all of you for listening to episode 130 of the BGN Radio Podcast presented by Bleeding Green Nation. <laughs>